All right, so it's time now for our weekly Money Matters segment. And uh, this week, Kirsty Scully is uh, sharing her tips with us uh, and uh, on how you can pay less tax uh, in 2019. And of course, that's something that uh, we all uh, want to do. Uh, but uh, February is uh, an important month for you as a certified financial planner, Kirsty. Why is that? Yes, it certainly is, Sarah Jane. Um, well, you know, I always joke because most people think of February as a month of love. But of course, as a financial planner, for me, that it's the month that I start to think, where else can we save, can we save our clients some money, um, especially on tax? And, and you know, the government does actually encourage us because what they do is they try and encourage us to save for retirement, which is a jolly good thing. Um, and when we save for retirement, we in fact get some tax deductions. So, you know, what we've got to do is use a registered retirement fund for that and um, we can be doing that. we can get those deductions so it's very important that people start to think very quickly now if they need to still try and get some tax deductions in meet with a financial planner so that you can actually organize but don't waste any time in meeting that person you need to meet them by middle of february okay good news so practically speaking though is it worth the effort i mean how much can you really save you know, you certainly can save a lot, and um, it, it definitely does make sense to do it, but there are certain restrictions. So, for example, the maximum ta- tax deduction that you can get in any tax year with a retirement fund is equal to you can take t- 27.5% of whatever your taxable income is subject to a maximum of, of 350000 So, now, I'm going to try and make that a little bit more simple for us kind of non-financial mm, people. Mm. Yeah. So... It's really quite simple. Have a look at what you earn and then multiply that by 27.5%. Okay? Mm. And that is the amount that you can invest into a retirement fund and get the tax back. But I have to say that if that amount is more than 350000 you can actually only in one year get the tax back on the first 350000 rand okay. that you invest. All right. Mm. Fair enough. So does that actually affect then the amount of tax that you're paying? Well, how does that does. affect it? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the best way to to explain is if if I can really be quite simple. Say if if one earns say a hundred thousand rand for the year, as an example. Okay. Mm. If you earn a hundred thousand rand for the year, you get taxed on a hundred thousand rand. Okay. But now what you can do is you could take a certain amount of that money and put it into a retirement fund. So let's give the example of somebody who takes fifteen percent of the hundred thousand rand. So that's fifteen thousand rand. And they put that into a retirement fund. Ultimately, what's actually happening then is that instead of paying tax on 100,000 Rand, you are effectively paying tax on 85,000 Rand. So you're getting that benefit. And that's why we encourage people to put money into a retirement fund to get the tax back. So actually, it's a really simple way of saving on tax. It certainly is, absolutely. Um, but again, it's got to be done correctly. You can't just invest money anywhere. It's got to go into retirement funds, that sort of thing. So I always just say meet with a financial planner who will help you to do that and make a plan. Go and meet them this week or, or within the next next week or so because the problem is that you can't just decide any time you're going to put this money in. The money has to be reflecting in the company's bank accounts before the end of February and all the paperwork's got to be in because if you're a day later than that, they're not going to accept it and it's going to go through to the following tax year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we've uh, had a question in on the WhatsApp I can see uh, from James who says, am I a provisional taxpayer if I work freelance? What's a provisional taxpayer? 
I'm not going to go into the whole, the whole discussion okay. about provisional and all that now, um, but not necessarily, and it just depends on, on how you get paid. So um, most people, it, it's not, uh, no, the answer is you're not necessarily a provisional taxpayer, James. Okay, no. there we go. Thanks, James. Um, <laughs> once the money is invested into the retirement annuity, Kirsty, is there any tax payable on that? No, there's not. So that's another benefit of investing into a retirement annuity in that there's no tax on the interest, there's no tax on any dividends you get, and there's no tax on any capital growth that you have. So it's a lovely investment, which is literally one of those tax-free investments once it's in there as well. So it certainly saves you a lot of money on tax there. I suppose what people will want to know, of course, is where exactly are you investing when you invest in a retirement Mm. annuity? Well, with the kind of more modern retirement annuities, the new generation retirement annuities, they are very flexible. You can invest across a very wide range of unit trusts. You can choose ones from different sectors. You can choose ones from different companies, even though it's all through one general unit trust investment. However, it is important when you're using a retirement fund that you meet with certain requirements as per what we call Regulation 28. I don't want to go into too much detail about that we don't have the time, but Regulation 20, uh, 28, is, it's part of the Pension Funds Act, and what it says there is that you can't invest more than a certain amount into equities. Now, equities means shares and property, so you can't invest more than about 75% into shares and property, and then you also can't invest more than about 40% into foreign assets, so in other words, investments overseas. So there are some restrictions this one's got to keep to. So again, a financial planner will go through that and show you what you can do. What happens then when it comes time for you to retire? Okay, it's quite simple. What happens is you can retire anything from the age of 55, okay? Now, I have to say, most people actually don't manage to retire from the age of 55 because they can't afford to. It's as simple as they haven't actually saved sufficient. Mm. Um, so I find most people are, are, are retiring at, you know, normally nearer 65 if they're fortunate, if they've actually saved sufficient. But actually, on, just on that point, it's very interesting because I've been reading some articles recently about how overseas they've actually been starting to increase that retirement age. You know, people are living longer. People need to save more because they're living longer, that sort of thing. And they actually tend to be you know, in places like the UK and Europe and even some uh, in parts of, this, of the States mm. are actually increasing the retirement age up to now to, to about 67. Sure. So, And some countries, in fact, even older than that so you know we need to brace ourselves for these things but to get back to your question um, which is about what happens to the money from a retirement annuity when you do retire basically it's quite simple you can take one third of the investment as a cash lump sum now that amount can be tax-free up to 500,000 rand Mm -hmm. okay then the remaining two-thirds, that money has to go into an annuity. And the annuity is what provides you with your, call it your monthly pension. So it's either a living annuity or it's a compulsory annuity, which is like a, a guaranteed life, um, life annuity. So mm. there's, there's, there are different types of annuities that one can use. Um, so when you transfer that money from the retirement fund into the annuity, that actual transfer is tax-free. So it moves across there tax-free. But when you start to draw the income out, you will be taxed on that income. Um, and generally, you tax at your marginal rate, which, of 
course, by the time you retire, should be at a lower rate than, than what you're paying tax on at the moment. Okay, so you've got your lump sum of 500,000, which is tax-free, which you can take out, you can do whatever you want to do with that 500,000. Thereafter, yes. any money thereafter will be paid to you in the same way, really, that your salary has been paid to you on a monthly basis, yes. but on yes. less taxable, yes. on a less so higher rate of tax. You're right. You get your regular Got monthly it. income. Okay, good. Got it. Okay, how do people know how much they should be sh- saving every ward every month towards retirement then? Mm. Okay, as a general, if I can call it rule of thumb, um, if you would like to retire on 80% of what you have been earning, okay, then you need to save about 15% of whatever you earn for at least 35 years. Okay, now let's just break that one down because that means you need to start saving at the age of 25 Mm. if you want to retire by the age of 60, okay, and you need to save 15% of whatever you're earning. Now, and of course the money needs to grow at least 10% and sadly not many people manage to do that. No, I'm sure. I mean, who is saving at the age of 25? I certainly didn't start then. Not many. Honestly, sadly, not many people do retire, do save from, the, from that early age of 25. So, of course, if you haven't saved from the age of 25, the amount that you need to be saving needs to be higher than 15%. Yeah. But again, you know, you one needs to sit with a financial plan and work that out. Is it possible, Kirsty, in, in very practical terms, to talk in round amounts about how much people should be saving? Yeah. It's quite difficult to talk about that because it's going to depend on so many various various factors. Firstly, it's going to you're going to we're going to have to first look at how much do you actually want to retire on? Do you want to retire with twenty thousand rand a month, or do you want to retire with fifty thousand rand a month? That's going to make a difference as to how much you need to be saving. And so, what we would do is we would look at what is your present cost of living? How do you live now? And we kind of tie it along the lines to that. And um, the other thing that one has to look at is well, how much have you already saved? You know, some people come to me and they've already saved 500,000. Other people come to me and they've already saved 5 million. Others, of course, come with nothing. Mm. So that's going to make quite a big difference. Um, and then it's a case, another case is, well, how long have you got until retirement? So it depends on what your age is. And it also depends on at what age you would like to retire. Do you want to retire at 55? Well, you better start saving very quickly sort of thing. Um, or do you want to start, do you want to be retiring at 65? And um, so obviously if you're going to be retiring at 65, you're going to need to save a lot more money. So, And then just the final thing, which one, a lot of people underestimate, is how much risk you're actually prepared prepared to take with your money, okay? Because generally speaking, I'm going to really generalize here, the higher the risk, the higher the return tends to be, okay? Um, But quite often, people are very uncomfortable with actually taking too much risk. And that is one of the biggest downfalls of a lot of people's investment, is that they're not prepared to take sufficient risk to actually grow their money sufficiently. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So the the earlier then that we start with our retirement savings, uh, the better, and obviously the more that we will have. Totally, absolutely. You know, in fact, I was speaking recently at a, a, a large function, and uh, beforehand, before the function, I'd actually been googling a whole lot of articles, and we were just going. I was just going through this, and there were certain things which I found quite interesting, and I thought the listeners would actually be quite interested in hearing this. Um, the six points that I that I took note of, and the first one is the earlier you start the more you're going to have. So if we look at people like our affluent retirees, you know, affluent retirees have tended to save for at least an average of 33 years, whilst 
people who don't retire with all that much tend to save for an average of 23 years. So clearly, the longer you save, the better. Um, and then save as much as possible. You know, financially healthy retirees, they tend to save at least 15% of their salaries. Whereas people who don't retire well, they've only been saving generally on average about 7.3%, so it's substantially lower. Um, the other thing is to think about your retirement fund at work, okay? A lot of people have a pension fund or a provident fund, and we found out that 37% of financially comfortable retirees have, in addition to their pension or provident fund, they've also got a retirement fund, uh, such as a retirement annuity. So they don't only rely on their work savings, they also have their own private savings. And then, of course, you know, if you move from one job to another, all I can say is leave those retirement savings alone. Um, you know, this is really is such a valid point. Don't spend your money if, you, if, you move, if you're moving out of a retirement fund. Take that pension or provident fund, move it into a preservation fund so that you're actually preserving the money. Don't even take it to spend. A lot of people say, oh, I want to pay my bond off. No, don't do that. You will never ever be able to recoup that money. So it must be transferred directly to a preservation fund. Um, widen your nets as well. This is a, another point that I read about it, but the fact that affluent retirees tend to, uh, tend to always have other, and that's something else on the sideline, like another little job or another type of business or a property that brings in a rental income. They don't only rely on their retirement funds. And of course, lastly, what, what I've always said to, to, to our listeners is meet with a financial planner because we've actually found that 88% of affluent retirees have consulted with a financial planner and they continue to do so after retirement, whereas 34% of less affluent only um, actually consulted with a retirement planner. So it just shows that a financial planner can be of huge benefit to you. And also yeah. shows that if you do want to save more money on tax, it's time to make sure that you've paid as much as possible, I guess, into a retirement fund and that that has to be done by mid-February. So don't don't leave it until mm. the end of the end of February, which will be too late. If you are just joining us now, Kirsty Scully, Certified Financial Planner at Core Wealth, uh, is joining us this evening, talking uh, about uh, how you can save money uh, or save tax uh, in 2019. We go to a call now from Chris in Kirstenhof. Chris, a very good evening to you. Good evening. Uh, evening, Kirsty. Um, this is, uh, you know, I've over the years heard of what has really been a, a sort of stock uh, discussion um, with the same criteria for retirement but, uh, and, and, and pensions. Um, mm. And just looking at the, the pen, my experience is after a period of time of saving and think coming into retirement that I lost 25% of my pension at that time because the market is up and down. Then we move further down the line and then we're told at this particular time, um, and I'm taking a very small percentage out of that pension, but the, um, the market's down again. My pensions lost uh, with the, the, the investments that they'd made that were poor, um, or, or there was no foresight in some of the investments. And I'm talking about the big companies now. Um, and the, you know, some of the um, the, um, the the big talk that you know the uh, uh, insightful people has mentioned that a lot of these these managers, fund managers, were sleeping when it came to some of the big companies that went down. 
Um, and now you, 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 I was listening to some of the uh, commentators saying, um, we're, we're, you know, first of all, lost t- uh, 10%, 20% on my pension. Um, the fees that these companies, the, 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 the companies are getting, um, uh, you know, your pension companies, your investment companies are getting, are still there. They're not losing the fees. They're sucking that up out of the small percentage that you're getting out of your pension every month. Um, and that's draining your capital in your pension. The fact that it's gone down is the other point. Um, and then you're told by some of the analysts that you must expect to wait for another 10 years before it goes up. Whether that's true or not is another story. But the, the fact remains is that here you are maybe 65 you, 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 and, and you're staring that in the face um, where your pension is is um, failing you. So with the markets these days, maybe always have been like that, it's a big risk. The one thing I think, and I'm just as this is by way of a statement for you to answer the question, you more or less answered it to a certain degree, um, uh, uh, you know, just shortly before um, you took this call. Uh, and my experience is the first thing you do is you buy a property. If you do anything in life, you buy a house or a roof over your head. Second investment must be a certain amount of cash in the bank. Um, and uh, uh, Sorry, buy a property and accumulate uh, uh, or build up a couple of flatlets that you can then rent out. Then you build the cash up. And then when you're finished with that, um, what you said, uh, you can subsidize it with a pension, uh, which if you're lucky and uh, uh, you know, will will give you um, some good value. I, I must concede that um, my pension, if, if I time things correctly, I would have got more out of it than I have today. And I know that it does grow, but it's the ups, and I don't want to be unfair to the pension industry, but it does have its ups and downs, and you've got Unless they approve themselves or we, we, the pension companies are seen to be proving what they actually say they can deliver, um, especially these days, then, you know, one has to start questioning that whole thing. Um, so there it is. Yeah. I don't know how you'd like yeah. to answer yes, that. I mean, it's, thanks, I think you're, thanks, Chris. Yeah, Chris, I think your comments are, comments are really very valid. And, um, yeah, I mean, if we just have a look at what the market has done over the past year, it is absolutely sickening to see um, how low the performances have actually been. You know, if we just look at just – I'm just talking January to December last year, we saw a negative on the, of the JSE at 8.5% negative for the year. Okay, um, and we saw the property market at down 25%. So that's South African listed property down 25% from January to December last year. So, um, which of course is a whole interesting concept on, on property, but that is looking at a very short term investment. And when we are talking retirement funds, we actually have to look over the long period. We do not need to be looking over, a, over a, a one year period. So yes, the market had a shocking year last year, but over the long period, it will it still has performed um, substantially better than that. I was at one of the company's presentations um, last week and they were just saying how valuations of various companies are actually lower now than the 2008 valuations that they had. Now, what is encouraging for us then on that is that people who are putting money in now are actually going in at some really nice low valuations, which means that we should see some good performance coming out of them. But yes, people like you in your situation in a, in a 
retirement situation already, you really are quite in a, in a very, very difficult spot. As far as the fees go, um, again, that's where it becomes important that you have a financial planner who's having a look at the actual fees that you are paying because there are numerous companies. Obviously, I can't mention them on air, but there are numerous companies um, which are substantially lower in administration fees than, for example, the life assurers. And um, it is very important to start looking at using those companies, moving money across to them. And in fact, just I was just chatting to the CEO of one of the asset management companies last week, and she said to me that she says over the past six months, they have not taken performance fees because of the lack of performance that we've actually seen in the market. So that is where they have been saving us as investors some money. So... Um, yes, obviously there are always going to still be fees, um, but what one, what one is hoping is that they are still managing your investment so that it doesn't drop to the same extent that the market has dropped. Mm. Mm. Thanks very much uh, for your comment uh, there, Chris. We've had a message in from Tony that says, Hi, Sarah Jane. Uh, you can take high risk and lose all your investments. Uh, rather save conter- conservatively and retain your capital with some interest. Uh, what is Kirsty's comment, says Tony? Absolutely, Tony, you're 100% correct. And that is why a, a risk profiling is so important. A financial planner needs to go, and I know the, one, the, the document that I use to go through, it's like a long two-page document, where I sit and try asking my client a huge number of questions so I can fully understand what the risk profile is. So a financial planner needs to do that to be able to establish your, um, how you would cope with risk, and then it, then it's going to also depend on how long you invest in for. It's going to depend on um, you know when the money is going to be needed, and when it certainly when it comes to retirement money, you cannot just take high risk, and that is why, as I explained earlier, there is a restriction: not more than seventy five percent in shares, and not more than forty um, percent offshore, mm. so that we don't put that money at too high a risk. Uh, if you are just joining us and would like to uh, send in a question or call Kirsty Scully, we're talking uh, about uh, saving tax in 2019, then you can do so by giving us a call, uh, as Chris did, on 021-446-0567, dropping us an SMS to 31567, uh, sending uh, uh, WhatsApp, as Tony's just done, on 072-567-1567, or you can uh, send in your questions uh, via Twitter, at Cape Talk, and at this is SJ King. Uh, an SMS has come in from Hilton in Camps Bay, who says, Kirsty, if someone is saving for their retirement, should they use a tax-free savings account? Mm. Hilton, that's a lovely question because it actually comes up quite often, in fact. Now, in my opinion, if they are saving for retirement on a regular basis, such as like a debit order, I would first recommend that they make full use of the tax deduction that they can get using the retirement annuity. So that's what I was talking about earlier, the 27.5% of whatever the gross income is up to 350,000 rand per year. So I would first use the retirement annuity. Um, and after that, I actually think it's a very good time to start using your, using your tax-free savings account because that can be very useful. And what I particularly like about tax-free savings accounts is that I think you should be investing in them for a very long term. These are not investments that you should put in and take the money out of, okay? I think it should be invested for a very long term because when you, if you invest for all these years until you get to retirement, when you get to remember all those years until retirement, you're not going to be paying any tax on it. Now, when you get to retirement, you can start drawing the monthly income out of that investment, and guess what? 
it's tax-free again. So you're, you're benefiting all the way, <laughs> all the way to solve as such, <laughs> um, with the fact that you're not having to pay tax on the income or on the actual investment. So I think a tax-free savings is, is a, very good, a very good investment to be looking at. Um, and to remember, there are no time restraints at all on a tax-free savings account. However, it is important to remember that if you decide to make a withdrawal out of it, so say you put your 33,000 rand in for the year and you say to me, Christy, I need to withdraw 10,000. You can do that. But the problem is that you will not be able to put that 10,000 mm. rand back in again during this, this tax year. That's what we spoke so, about last week. Mm, mm. We did. So, so just that's something to be very, very aware of. Tax-free savings accounts ideally should be very long-term investments and then start drawing an income from them when you actually get to retirement. In fact, I had a client today who came to see me and we got to do exactly that. Max out her retirement annuity first and then we actually got to put 33,000 rand in now in Feb and another 33,000 rand in, in March because that into the tax-free savings accounts because that is her making use of this year and next year's um, a 33,000 rand that she can use. And so she's actually benefiting in both places. So I guess really the, the easy thing now, Kirsty, is just earning the money to invest. <laughs> if only that was easy, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Great to have you with yeah. us again. Great. Thanks, Sarah-Jane.